I can't remember which Beatles died. He doesn't love Mama anymore. Grasp me, Father. Maybe the reason why he wants Daddy to hold him is because he sees the whiskey up here. He's like, I'll have some of that. Because, obviously, uh, we would have whiskey sitting on our desks because this is the Super Whiskey Bros podcast. And that's the only place that we keep beverages on desks next to children. No, that didn't sound right. Mm -hmm. On children next to desks. I like to use them as a cup holder sometimes. Fun fact, babies' heads are so flat. Yeah, well, like they... use the drink table. Well, like they have that spot right in the middle and the drink kind of sinks into it and it stays in place. I use that as a shot glass, actually. (laughs) (laughs) For legal reasons, that's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) But either way... Um, uh, Tyler, Sean. in the words of uh, Hector Barbosa, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? He did say that. <laughs> um, so, fun fact, mm-hmm. at this moment, <coughs> what I'm joking on. <laughs> are you drinking Glenfiddich? <laughs> no, I hate Glenfiddich so much. That's why I figured that where the cough was coming from. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... I'm drinking water right now. I'm going to be having... A, the strong stuff. A, well, yes, the strong stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually never touch the stuff. This shit in it. But I will... I'll be pouring myself a glass of something here in a moment, but uh, I've not been able to wake myself up this morning, and my throat is quite dry because everything is dry here in the state that I'm in where it is nothing but no moisture and lots and lots of snow. I shouldn't say lots and lots of snow, mm-hmm. but there's a fair bit of snow. Yeah. Uh, significantly more uh, than what we got. Um, between, like, we had two snowstorms. I'll put that in quotes. Snowstorms. And we got a grand total of, like, three and a half inches. <laughs> yeah, we had we had closer to... I think we had closer to eight yeah. between the whole thing. Yeah, I was talking to. Really crazy. I, was, I was talking to mom yesterday. She said she was thinking it was about nine or ten. It could have been that much. Yeah. Um. That's uh, that's one thing that uh, me and Daenerys Targaryen have in common. We do love getting eight inches of snow. Penis. Indeed. I got another bottle of Evan Williams bottled in Bond because not only is this stuff good and it's 50 horsepower, but also I'm like, I really, I really like it. And, um, uh, it's, um, uh, like I got a 1.75 mm-hmm. and it was cheaper so the the Elijah Craig that the small Elijah Craig small batch that I got that I like mm-hmm. is thirty bucks. The the one point seven five 
Uh, and that's for a 750 of Elijah Craig. The Evan Williams, a 1.75, is um, uh, 27. <laughs> Fantastic. So, I mean, like, why get anything else? <laughs> I'm, I'm right now. I'm still trying to go through mm -hmm. and discover all of the um, more cast strength uh, bourbons that I'm that I like trying to go through and get more of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so far, I'll be honest, the most disappointing one. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> I still like it. I should I should clarify that I still very much like this. Um, so far, I'm mo moist. So far, I'm moist. <laughs> so far, I'm most disappointed in the Elijah Craig actually, which is is interesting because I really like the straight, um, just their, you know, just their off the shelf standard bourbon. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that I think their cask strength is a little too sweet for me. Yeah. Well, see that that, that that's that's the thing when you have a cask strength, um, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean better, right? Um, uh, no. Because, like, they'll mix it with... Because uh, they do some mixing and blending before it goes into the barrel. Before it goes into the... Yeah, but then sometimes they'll do more mixing and blending after it comes out of the barrel, and then they water it down after that. So if it's just cask strength, it's just straight out of the cask, then, you know, they, they don't... You know, the, their signature flavors will will come from the blending, and if they if it's cask strength, it won't be blended. Oh, of course. And, I mean, like, I, my biggest thing is I just want to see what everyone's cast strength tastes like. Uh -huh. um, it's more of a curiosity thing for me. Uh -huh. um, it's no longer the signature thing of anyone, and that's that's fine, that's cool, it's whatever. But I mean, I've found that, I mean, my favorite of all time, hands down, or I guess I'll just say my top two, because I really don't want to pick a favorite. Mm -hmm. it, um, the cast strength, it was like a our, <clears throat> our local um, um, liquor store's reserve barrel of... Um, the Woodford. Well, there was Woodford, um, and... Um, Gosh darn it! Oh. What was the other one that I couldn't? Oh yeah, I'm a Maker's Mark. Mm. Oh yeah, a, I forgot you got that between, too. Yeah. I think I, I think I, I think I had you try both of them, but at least mm -hmm. one of them. You're trying to remember now. I, Ooh, I don't remember the Maker's Mark, but the the Woodford was really good. The Woodford was very good, but the Maker's Mark was. They're both just slightly different in their own way, and those have just been my two favorite bourbons of all time. Uh -huh. So just kind of going out and finding. That since I was like, oh, I really like these cast strings. Let's go see what the other ones taste like, but. So far, nothing's really kind of been on the same level. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I'm happy. <clears throat> oh, speaking of, of interesting uh, things, last night, so it was... I'm not going to say it was bad, because it wasn't. It was good, but it was nowhere near as good as I was hoping it would be. Um, uh, <clears throat> I asked Brooke to make me a dirty martini, but we didn't have any olives to put olive brine in. But we did have pickled jalapenos, and so she used some of that brine instead. Hmm. It was, it was not as good as I was really hoping it would be, because it sure seemed like it should have been really good. Hmm. <clears throat> that sounds like it would have been great. Mm hmm And I'm thinking maybe it would have been good if um, uh, I had used, if I had made it an extra dry, um, uh, so less vermouth. I, th I think the ver I think having putting the standard amount of vermouth in it ruined it, <clears throat> which would make sense then why uh, when Iron Man ordered a martini, when he ordered his martini extra dirty, he said extra dirty, extra dry, which would make sense because extra dry means less vermouth. So maybe if you want your dirty if you want a dirty martini, you want less vermouth in it. 
Mm. <clears throat> I believe you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't ever mix drinks. I just... Mm-hmm. I mean, every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll make an old fashioned. But I just like, I just the things that I want. I just want to, I just <coughs> want to be able to drink it out of the bottle or just pour it into a, a glass and just go. I don't, I don't, I don't like taking the time. <coughs> I, mm-hmm. So I, because of that, I also have no clue what <coughs> different amounts of vermouth would do to uh, mm-hmm. a drink. Yeah. Well, see, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, the. Uh, uh, my one of my very favorite drinks in the entire world. You said you don't like to take the time to, uh, uh, you, don't, you don't like to take, to take you don't, yeah, but, uh, you don't like to take the time to uh, uh, to make drinks. One of my favorite drinks in the entire world does not take it takes hardly any making at all. Um, it, the way that I make mojitos, mojito, it goes like this: you take a you take a, a sugar cube. And you drop it into a Collins glass. Then you uh, take some mint, slap it, and stuff that into the bottom of the Collins glass. Yes. You take mint. one lime that you cut into quarters and shove that down into the Collins glass. And then once that's all shoved together, you um uh, uh, you start to muddle it with your muddler. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the uh, having the lime on top of the mint prevents the muddler from breaking up the chlorophyll cells in the uh, in in the mint and so you don't get any of that bitter nasty chlorophyll taste that Brooke loves so much yeah. um, uh, and so you don't get any of that taste you just get mint essence all through it uh, and then you pour in your um, uh, you pour in your rum and then you pour you stir it get everything mixed together and then you add your you stir it with your straw and then you Fill it with seltzer, and that's your mojito. It's super easy. It takes almost no doing. Even doing a a regular mojito doesn't. It's not like it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't want to do it. Like when I get home from work, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have a drink. I'm going to pour a drink, and I'm going to sit down. Ah, well, see, that was what I did with the with the the martini last night. I came in from work, and I sat down, and I said, "Ha, ah, hey Brooke, will you make me a martini?" <laughs> Excuse me, bartender. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, I do kind of. I've always kind of wanted to. I don't know why I've never tried this because it seems like something I would love to do. Oh, hold on one second. Uh, I'm 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 getting a uh, I'm I'm getting a word from the producer. What'd you say? Yes, that's why I paused. I was I was hearing. There's nothing more goth than drinking chlorophyll. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, All right. The whole blood of my enemies thing. Uh, well, it's a, if you're drinking chlorophyll, it's the blood of blood of your enemies. Then what? This is, that, that's that's what like vegan goth. <laughs> yes, vegan goth. I love it. <laughs> Anyways, also, yeah, we've we've been speaking right. for ten minutes. Uh, the recording says fifteen minutes, but it took us five minutes to fix our audio issues. We've been talking for ten minutes about nothing, and that sounds like us. Uh, let's let's direct our our. Nothing towards a purpose. Um, uh, we might as well. We have an odd topic today. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a very odd topic today. We wanted to talk about games that we liked from when we were younger, specifically games that probably weren't that popular. <clears throat> um, uh, and I'm going to segue um, uh, uh, into the topic 
by continuing on a game that we started talking about uh, last week or the week before. Uh, technically, we recorded it last week, uh, but we took cut it into two episodes. Um, and we, can, we got so incredibly off topic that we're like, this could be two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, and so yeah, we we cut it into two episodes, and um. Uh, we uh. <clears throat> uh. Yeah, and so I can't. I don't remember which episode I wound up putting this particular thing in, but the game that I listed had the contender for when we were talking about based solely on how the game is how the game allows you to immerse and what it allows you to do and when like you know uh, how you know, when if at all it breaks the immersion that you had set up and i said based on those that particular rubric uh the game that is in that is in the running for best game of all time uh, was King's Quest VIII Mask of Eternity. And that was a mm-hmm. game from my childhood. It came out when I was six years old. Um, uh, and so I think that is a fair game to start on, because I don't think that game was... It probably was extremely popular, but anyone who's listening to us is likely our age, and most people, I think, weren't playing games... Uh, weren't playing that style of game at six, seven, eight years old. So I think that that game among our audience it would be a very uh, not well-known game. And even e- even in gamers of the time, I think that game wasn't as popular. Like, the rest of the King's Quest games were super popular, but I think it just... It was so far out of the ordinary from the other King's Quest games that people didn't like it as much. Um, uh, and so for that reason, uh, I think it, even, even at the time it wasn't as popular as it could have been. That's the interesting thing is I I I think well, I don't know why I say I think I know we were young enough mm-hmm. um, when this came out mm-hmm. that none of us neither of us were going to have remembered any kind of public response um, from this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only would we have not just remembered it, we were uh, we didn't were really connected to the internet in really any way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was more like. Um, it was it was more like we wouldn't have known the public response at the time. Yeah, but um, I'm but you, you are right. It was shockingly different because you you switched from a very traditional point and click adventure game mm-hmm. uh, to not quite full on <clears throat> action adventure and definitely not an RPG. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you call it? Uh, you still call it action adventure? Y- for the time? It was. Uh, so for how it was, and then with the level up system, and then, then the getting new equipment, uh, it was styled. Uh, it was called action adventure at the time, but RPG wasn't really a classification of video game much at that time. It would it would it would be an action RPG is how we would classify it today. At the time, it was an action adventure game. It was very. The RP elements, RPG elements, were there and they mm-hmm. existed, but I mean, man, they were really, really slight. I mean, honestly, think about it. Those mm-hmm. were some slight elements. Well, I mean, like, uh, th- there are certain things that are today staples of the RPG platform, and you don't really see on any other genre for the most part. Uh, like the 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 me- the item menu bar, uh, the inventory the only time you see that style of inventory is in adventure games um uh, uh yeah yeah for sure <clears throat> and so uh adventure so but that you know but the the way those were because it's because so, it still kept the adventure element of the of, of the old games 
Um, uh, but, uh, uh, so, but, like, the, the item menu bar, like, the quick menu, um, uh, like, the changing out of loadouts, the leveling up, like, those were, those elements were all new to the game, and then the style of attacking, um, uh, it was slow enough that it wasn't really, like, you wouldn't really call it a, just an action game, because when you think about action games, you know, what do you think of? You think of, you know, um... You know, like, for, for it to be that slow-paced, you know, you wouldn't necessarily just refer to it today as an action game, right? Like, it, it, the the modern game that is the most similar to it was the very first Witcher game. And that is absolutely a, an action RPG. Like, I, I, I think, I think to, today's standards would call it an action RPG. Um, uh, but I also think that the old genre of action-adventure... Um, uh, there are two cat two modern categories that the old genre of action adventure belongs to, and that depends on which game it was. The first uh, that and it was the most one of the most popular at the time uh, that, that of today of that would go into today's categories is platformer. Crash Bandicoot was classified as an action adventure game. Oof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then the second is uh, action RPG. So if a game was called an action-adventure game, I think in almost every case today would call it a platformer slash action platformer. Um, uh, so, like, uh, the difference. Um, Mario's a platformer. Mega Man is an action platformer. Um, uh, uh, and then action. Then the other style of action-adventure would be, um, uh, uh, would be uh, action RPG. Um, uh, I I th I think in in my opinion, um, uh, uh, freaking Skyrim is the evolution of games like uh, Return to Krondor and uh, King's Quest Eight. <clears throat> the eventual evolution, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think well, I just want to say I think all of this distinguishing that you're doing is very important. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that since there's probably a ton of people who. Um, who don't know what we're talking about for this game? We might. We should probably talk about what the game is a little bit more if we're gonna mm -hmm. have that much distinction. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say the only thing you to talk more as much as you know so much more about this game yeah. than I do because mm -hmm. you are much more devotee than I was. I'm the only person I know to have scored higher than the maximum score. <laughs> it does seem impossible. When you beat the game, it says you've scored X out of X, and it gives you the maximum score. And I beat it like two or three times, and my my score was higher than the total maximum score. <laughs> bad developers. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna say the only thing that needs to be said about this game, and that is this. It did have a great. That's score. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, no. Um. They. Uh. uh so here's 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 the I I guess I'll, I'll I'll go through the story of the game. Um there's something called the Mask of Eternity which somehow the mask is god. I'll never figure that out. And also uh what's weird is the mask is god and it 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 that being there holds the entire world in place. The world devolves into chaos and spawns monsters if that mask uh is is not in place and doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um uh, so spoiler alert. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's um uh, one of one of the the masks archons named Lucrito goes up and destroys it. But the reason why that's so interesting to me is because this that the mask is what holds the entire world together. That is the entire world is based around this mask. How have we had seven King's Quest games up to this point and never once heard about it? <laughs> yeah, it does feel um mm-hmm. handed mm-hmm. Um like the whole the whole storyline for the game mm-hmm. just seems like a bit of a layup. Like it seems kind of ridiculous that we it wouldn't have at least been mentioned. Um and I can I can say with pretty I can say with with confidence that we would have noticed noticed if it was brought up in the other seven games because <clears throat> I mean the ones that we didn't actively play through mm-hmm. um, we spent a lot of time watching our father play through them. Mm-hmm. So I mean I feel like we would have noticed it, or at least you know at least Dad would have made a comment about it because he played and we watched him play the eighth one too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, very ham handed, and the entire storyline revolves around a very very important artifact. We'll say. Mm-hmm. And, and this artifact exists in the universe of the other, what, probably 80 years of, uh, uh, of the existence I, of this universe? Uh, not quite. Um, uh, I'd, More like 60? Uh, may, may, probably less than that, um, uh, because I would say in the first one, uh, uh, playing as Graham in the first one, uh, it, it would, I would say it's easy for Graham to be in his in his 20s i would say he wouldn't be younger than in his 20s in the first one and he's not and he's not super old in the in in the 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 the, in the eighth one i would say he wouldn't be above in his 60s so i would say 40 to 50 years max from beginning to to now semantics for what we're talking about either yeah yeah either yeah doesn't matter but everything in this game revolves around the magic of this game and it's very i'm fantasy oriented i mean like it's not like you're casting spells and wielding giant swords or anything, but mm-hmm. you do fight a Minotaur. So. I, no, that's in episode six. Um, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying in oh, the series yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I do have to say this too, though. Um, uh, this, I think I know why the mask was never brought up before, and th- I just thought of it. It doesn't make it any less, you know, ham-fisted in the way that when you think of story development. But I, I just real, I just thought of something, and now I understand it, and I get it. And that's this: there's always a new element introduced in each game, enough that every single game, even though like there's a, there's an overarching story that goes across from game to game, each individual game can be played as its own game without any trouble. You don't need to play any any previous game or any future game to play and understand each single game. And that could be part of why they introduced that new element. It's just so, like, because you're not really, like, King Graham is there, he's mentioned, and he's talked about, but he's not really, like, an element in the game. The element in the game is the new character, Connor, who you play as, and the, um, uh, and the mask, which is brought in. And I think that could, I think that could have been intentional. I'm not saying it can't be intentional. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's wrong that it's intentional. I'm saying this thing is such a bigger point and such a bigger mm-hmm. um, concept. It's so it's such a huge concept that it seems kind of ridiculous that the thing holding the world in place wouldn't have mm-hmm. at least been like brought up in some lore pages or something talked about. It. It's just very strange. Well, I'm saying um, I'm this not thing, saying all things to it's, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> it's just strange. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is this thing all things devours. 
Oh, well, there's that. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> uh, anyways, yeah, continuing along with the story. Moving on, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, Lucrito, uh, one of the mask's chief archons, uh, destroys the mask. And then, um, uh, he, um, uh, yeah. And then you, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> uh, and so every, everybody gets turned to stone, except for the people who don't. Um, uh, mm. uh, so you are one of the people... You're not turned into stone, because the mask has just enough power left that a piece of it flies through the world, and you catch it. And then while you're holding it, the magic wave, the vile tempest is what it's referred to as, um, uh, uh, comes through and turns everyone into stone, except for you. And um, uh, uh, in your village, the only other human who's not turned to stone is a very powerful wizard who, even with his most powerful magic, could only prevent half of his body from turning into stone. Um, uh, which means that he's still, like, he's awake and sentient and conscious. So and he's not, up. so he's not like, you know, like, I'm sure the other people are, like, frozen in space and time, you know? Um, uh, but he's not. Which means that through all this time, that you know, so he just has like a, a an angle, so it's basically from his belly button up, and only one of his arms is able to to move and not be stone. This so this whole time that you're off adventuring, this man is conscious, but he's not eating, sleeping, drinking, or peeing. But he has, but he'll have the urge and need to do all of these things. Like, this wizard's gonna die. Yeah. I guess he could probably be kept alive. Well, he has a bird who can bring him stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. be alright. Now his bladder's still gonna explode. His no, urethra is made of stone. His he's, he's a wizard. Mm -hmm. Either way. Um, like, you yeah. ever had a tracheotomy for your bladder? <laughs> I think they call those, um... Oh, dang it. That would've been really funny if I would've just said it. Now it's lame. I didn't want to say it now. Forget I said it. Mm -hmm. Keep going. <clears throat> yeah. Urethra. I've got it. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> But, um, uh, uh, so that happens, and then a bunch of evil monsters spawn out of nothing. I don't know if they just teleport there, or... I, I, I like to think that there were, like, mice that turned into the goblins and stuff. Um, uh, you know, and then you, um, uh, uh so you figure out what's going on, um... You make it into the dimension of death where all the skeletons have turned evil. <clears throat> which it's convenient that they turned evil uh, for you to have gone there because in most games, skeletons are already evil, but they're good. Um, uh, they're, they're actually good in this world. Uh, but the skeletons, uh, skeletons have to be evil, right? And so it's convenient, very, very convenient that you showed up just in time for them to have turned evil. Um, uh, so you go through and you do that and, um, uh, you fight an invincible enemy who can only be killed by smacking him enough times to knock him backwards over the ledge, which is very important, uh, later in the game. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, uh, then you, you make it out and you go into the swamp and then the swamp witch, um... Like, I guess the Swamp Witch, like, also just popped up with the Tempest, but, uh, because she had taken up residence there, but she had plenty of time to make brews and poison the swamp and do all sorts of this other crazy stuff. 
I, I so I really don't understand um uh, you know how how that's supposed to work but whatever um uh, and then you see King Mudge uh, who's a giant snail and he has the magical ability to swim in a circle uh, which uh, opens up a passage to the underground realm of the gnomes um uh, or as King Mudge says the underground realm of the gnomes um, uh, and uh, so you go into the uh, so you, then you go into the underground realm of the gnomes and because the gnomes aren't humans they didn't get turned into stone um, uh, and so you go there and you talk to them and they, they say oh yeah there's a way out uh, go ahead and go and so you go to the way out and there's a dragon there and you turn around and go back and say hey the way out's guarded by a dragon they said oh yeah I forgot um, uh, and so they help you to get a uh, a blade that can no wait no the that's a different dragon. Yeah, there's a there's a black dragon. That's what it is. There's a black dragon there. And he's guarding a uh he's he's guarding a uh, a lodestone, I think, that allows you to open up the the portal, uh, which then lets you teleport to the fire world. And then in the fire world you do all sorts of crazy stuff and you get fire a fire gem to melt some ice to because uh, there's a uh, uh, there's a sword that is made of fire and it's the only sword that can kill the uh, a certain dragon because uh, you have to cauterize the wound. You can only kill it by cutting off its head, but if you cut its head off, it'll just grow back. So you need to be able to cauterize the wound so it can't grow its head back. Uh, and then you need there's all sorts of craziness that you have to go through to to, to pull that off. Um. Uh, and I'm, uh, you know, so there's that, and uh, so you get your you, you get your craziness taken care of, and you do that crap, and then you, uh, 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 yeah. uh I, I forget what I'm talking about. Um, oh yeah, and then you, uh, uh, so then you make it to the. Oh yeah, that was the Frost World that that was in where you got out of. Then after you leave the Frost World, you make it to um, uh, 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 you go up and up and up, and that takes you to the uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, which is where the mask is, and there are all sorts of crazy enemies up here, uh, like crazy enemies that I like I enjoy greatly. Uh, there's like the I think they're, they're called Naga I don't remember, but it's like a woman snake that tongue punches you, um. Uh, which is a lot worse than it sounds. Um, uh, and so then you do that, and you wind up finding, like, the full armor of God. And um, uh, yes, you, it is. you eventually find Lucrito. And uh, then you remember, you attack him and nothing happens. Then you remember, oh yeah, that skeleton that I had to knock off the cliff. And so there's a portal, and you knock him back into the portal. And he goes, ah! It goes out into the portal and dies, and then you put a piece of the mask on the altar. And he pops back out and says, ha ha! And you're like, oh crap! And so you knock him to the portal and he goes, ah! And falls into the portal and dies. And you put another piece of the mask on, on, the, on the altar. And then he pops back out. And the, you do that uh, several times. And then eventually you get the final piece of the mask on the altar, and the portal closes on him, and Lucrito is forever dead. Good. Mm. I'm glad he dies. He yeah. sucks. At least I I think that's right. 
I can't remember if that's the case or if putting all the or if he does he only knocked him to the portal once and you you have to fight you knock him back then every time you knock him back then you have the opportunity to put a piece of the mask on the altar um uh, while he's stunned and then he comes then he comes and attacks you again and then putting all the pieces on the altar opens up the portal and then you can knock him to the portal and kill him I forget how it is exactly but yeah and that's that's how that is and um uh, that's that that's the uh the sean synopsis summary of uh mask of eternity there's a lot more to it than that there's amazingly fun puzzles um uh it it is truly a king's quest game at heart a genuinely good adventure game but they added a bunch of action rpg elements and it was it is my favorite king's quest game and that's including the new ones on ps4 I like mm-hmm. those, but I definitely, oh boy, do I like the, do I like King's Quest Eight? King's Quest Eight was kind of the first time that we got to get into a game that's like that, and that's kind of turned into turned into. It kind of has always been um, our favorite style of game. If we were to always go out and pick out like what's our, what's your top five games, I mean, we're gonna find several action adventure slash action rpg games being in those top five Mm -hmm. um those are that kind of became our favorite (coughs) style of game and maybe it's because of playing these types of games so early i don't know (coughs) Mm -hmm. um not to get off track but i will say those the new king's west games the the two-parter um is really great Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a throwback to the original king's quest games there's no real combat lots of um lots of fetch quests Mm -hmm. um some light puzzle solving that kind of thing so it is it, it's i don't think it's meant for it to be anyone's favorite king's quest game as much as it's meant to be a nostalgia game so i'll say that it's perfect mm-hmm. uh, because it did exactly what it was supposed to do but, did know. roberta williams have anything to do with that one yeah, i don't remember mm-hmm. um but i don't remember seeing her name when we looked i remember we looked up because we were curious and i don't remember seeing her name so mm-hmm. who knows yeah but um uh yeah which but by, by the way um, uh, an example of video game that was um, uh, uh, yeah, a, an example of a video game that was uh, because you know, uh, I'm I'm not the type of person that says you know video games or stuff you know, made by girls are bad. Um, uh, my first example of a video game, I will give an example of a video game made by a woman that I hate. Uh, and that is uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, uh, oh, that's just because it's an awful game. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Roberta Williams made the first eight King's Quest games. And uh, I can't think of her name, but there was a, but it was a, the, the girl who made uh, the first two Uncharted games, or three. I can't remember if she made the first two or the first three. Um, uh, fantastic, phenomenal games. Uh, I don't think the there's anyone who, who doubts that. Uh, so, um... Uh, you know, so so you guys don't think we're too sexist. Some of our very favorite games were made by women. There you go. <clears throat> Actually, the 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 two games that uh, last time we we listed as being the perfect games was the first Uncharted game and um uh, and King's Quest Eight, and both those games were made by women. So there you go. Take take that fact. Yeah. <laughs> for us, the perfect the perfect game. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I am going to do real now because unless this entire episode was meant to be about King's Quest Eight, it's not. We've already talked a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so it was just games that talking about games that we enjoyed from childhood that you guys may not have enjoyed 
uh, that you or that you may either didn't enjoy or didn't play or maybe didn't even know existed. Uh, the next one I'm going to mention, and I'm going to let you talk about this one, Tyler, um, uh, is a game that I would put money on none of you having heard of. Mm. Uh, I could be wrong, but I would be willing to bet that none of you have heard of this game. This was the Donut Man's Adventures. Um. <laughs> no, uh, mine and Tyler's collective favorite game as children uh, okay. and as young teenagers, I guess. And that would be Cyber Dogs. Ooh, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, collective favorite for sure. Mm. Ooh, how to describe how to describe Cyber Dogs. Mm. Um <laughs> so Cyber Dogs is a very technically it's a very simplistic game. Um, as far as I can tell, unless there's like you know, it's like one of those games where the lore is actually so deep there is lore you just don't know about. There is no story to this game. Um Essentially, you have, I don't remember which view it's kind of classified as, but it's the god view. Um, fifth person, is that technically what that's called? Uh, isometric. Isometric. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be the same. It, it's, 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 it, imagine playing... I kind of always thought of it, it's, it's isometric, so it's like, it looks like you're playing Diablo. It's, mm -hmm. It came out roughly the same time as Diablo 1. <clears throat> Uh, a mm -hmm. few years earlier, I believe. Uh, I guess it's not called Diablo One; it's called Diablo. Uh, but essentially, they're all you play these little guys. Um, the only way you can tell them apart is one has a different color hair, one's bald, one has sunglasses. Um, and you you run around these maps, and the goal to get through them varies, but essentially comes down to collecting hidden items. Um, killing a certain number of bad guys and destroying some of these every once in a while on the harder levels you'll you'll destroy these structures that look like they're they're vaguely powering something they're black and red so they look evil of course um, there's probably another uh, objective for some of the levels I'm forgetting but those are the important ones and you essentially just run around these maps with as many guns as you uh, I mean, as, as many of the guns as you want to have there's a a power gun, there's a, essentially like a Gatling gun, there's there's a blaster there's probably what a ten, ten weapons I want to say? Uh, let's see let's Maybe go down like the list, eight. there's the first is the blaster, then there's the upgrade is the power gun and then there's the uh, the minigun, which is our favorite weapon yes, and then there's it. the flamer, and then yes. there's the Launcher, and then the launcher is upgraded into the mega gun. So that's eight guns that I can think of. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> and of course the chainsaw. Arsenal, technically speaking, but I can tell you that that's all that you need uh, mm -hmm. for what you're doing. Easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you run around those various different enemies. They're slight. Their skin slightly differently. Um, you also have a weapon, other weapon, chainsaw. So essentially, mm -hmm. when you run into an enemy, you don't actually activate a chainsaw, but if you come in contact with an enemy. Mm -hmm. um, you will be damaged, and they will be damaged. And mm -hmm. the higher number of uh, the higher number of chainsaw mm -hmm. <laughs> you have, the quicker you will kill them. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you, when you have a chainsaw, you can you can upgrade it in your menu before you start each level. And I'm sure it just means it's being upgraded. But I always kind of like to think when you got the chainsaw, four, you're you getting more chainsaws. chainsaws. <laughs> How are you holding so five chainsaws? <laughs> and this gun, and this other six guns. <laughs> um, but 
essentially you'd run into enemies and you'd kill them, and the speed at which you killed them depended on depended on the uh, the level of chainsaw you had. And so some enemies were exceptionally fast, didn't even shoot you. They just would kill you very quickly with their chainsaw, <coughs> mm-hmm. and they were very very fast. They'd just run up on you, and and they were very hard to survive actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, some enemies had different guns, um, slightly different amounts of health. But essentially, whichever direction you were facing is where you were shooting. I mean, obviously that's the way it is with most games, but I mean, it's not like you could aim around again being isometric. You, mm-hmm. you just whatever direction your eyes were looking is where you were shooting. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't like we, it wasn't like Gauntlet or Alien Invasion games like that. It, it was a very very simple. It's almost like a um, uh, proof of concept game is mm-hmm. kind of what it felt like. Yeah, it felt like a proof of concept game for something that was going to be bigger. It's maybe the, it was. It's I the precursor. Know. It was the precursor. This this is the best way to describe this game to people who haven't heard of it and are having trouble uh, envisioning this. It was the precursor to twin stick shooters. Yes, yes. So, I mean, again, Diablo, but it was a single stick shooter, just like Diablo, but obviously <laughs> much less complex. I mean, obviously in Diablo, you've got all these different abilities, you're watching cooldowns, you have a wider variety of enemies that do completely wildly different things, and bosses. There are no bosses in this game. Uh, you'll never see, like, a bigger guy with a health bar pop up. It was it was very simplistic, which is very strange um, that we latched onto as aggressively as we did for so long, because <clears throat> it is very simple. It's the most bare-bones way you can make a game, and maybe that's why we liked it, because it's I don't want to say it's perfect because I would have loved to have some boss battles. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have some storyline. That would have been cool. But mm-hmm. so I wouldn't call it perfect. But I think we played as far as when we played together. Um, I'm not going to count playing Call of Duty together over the years. Mm-hmm. After that, that's obviously ridiculous to, to try to compare. But as far as like a game that we just played together, and we're talking like um, you know couch co-op. We were you know four hands on a keyboard. Is mm-hmm. what we were doing yeah. with the split screen. Um, and I I. I don't even want to try to guess how many hours we've put into this game. Just beating the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's so much fun. Me, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't we, um, on your old YouTube channel, didn't we have a video of us co-oping this? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I, I seem to remember having that. That's been years. Yeah, I screwed up um, uh, uh, the intro to that video. Uh, um, I, I opened mm-hmm. I, I opened up with, Hello, everyone. My name is Cyberdogs. <laughs> <laughs> and why would we ever change that? Yeah. But yeah, that's that probably came out in the very early nineties. Um, we got a hold of it. Did we find it in like a share do we have a shareware disc? Is that mm-hmm. what it was or Yep, it was on those um uh it was on those old discs where it's like number game number disc number one has arcade games. Uh uh disc number two has action and adventure games. Disc number three has role playing games. Which always reminds me of the greatest. I don't even know if we could. I guess it's still considered shareware. Mm-hmm. This was hands down the greatest concept mm-hmm. of any of, of, of any entertainment thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. There was a disc that we had in. We probably I don't know how long we had it, but we we were using it in the late nineties to and early two thousands. But there was this, essentially it was a game where you were walking around in a space station and each different portal you could walk up to was a uh, demo of a different game. Mm-hmm. 
and um, that for the that, life of me, I can't remember what's called. But you that disc do. was called Games for Windows ninety five. It was the most incredible concept. It's mm-hmm. unlike anything I'd ever seen before and I've ever seen since. I'm sure something else has or existed like it. But uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're an old school gamer, uh, you'll probably remember um, those PlayStation one uh, discs that would come out. And those are actually called demo discs. Of, like, huh? Those are actually called PlayStation demo discs. Yeah, they were called PlayStation Demo Disc. There was a handful of them that I remember. You get for five and bucks and came five on. or six games on them, and this was kind of like that, except they released what twenty games on this thing. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I'm trying to remember how many of these were, how many of them were games, and how many of them were just like um, uh, like the the new Zork. Ga- they made a new Zork game, and you couldn't play it. You stepped into the portal, and it showed a big long trailer for it. And then a some pictures like that, and yeah. stuff of it. Um, uh, so it was like a, the the only thing we really ever did on is we wandered <laughs> around because the play the, the PlayStation the space station was fun to run around, and then yeah, we would just cool. run. It was so much fun. We'd jump around, do all sorts of stuff, and then we would um uh, eventually we would get to uh, Fury Three and play that, and that was it. That's all we played was Fury Three, which Fury I, I actually got Fury Three. I downloaded it. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. It, the full game sucks. Mm. The full like the demo was fun. The full game like the demo level, it's packed with enemies and you have to go and find and do what you're doing and do all that stuff and whatever. That that level is not in the full game. The full game is just so bare bones. You're flying over nothing. You run out of fuel before you get anywhere. And, like, you see two enemies, like, it was horrible. Nothing has ever disappointed me more in my life than hearing what you just said. I just mm -hmm. want you to know. Um, And also, do you know what the game was about? The game was uh, published by Microsoft. The bad guys. The bad guys, which is... um, uh, The the bad guys in the game. The whole reason why you're going through hunting them down and killing them is because of how evil they are. And what they did that was so evil... Please tell me they're Apple. Please say they have... Something to do with Apple. They're software pirates. 10 out of 10. Greatest game ever. Also, also, what makes it better is how I got the full version was I pirated it. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> that, that's a throwback. That's um, that's another late 90s, early 2000s. So it's like very, very low polygon count mm-hmm. 3D games. Very low polygon count 3D games. Yeah, you said, um, well, and and you said for Fury Three, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, that was a demo to show the games you're going to be able to play on Windows 95. So it was like the first thing for Windows 95. It was called yeah. Windows 95 because it came out in 95. So now it's not quite late 90s. It's exactly mid 90s. <laughs> this is true. Uh, man, I didn't even care about the rest of the things that you could do other than run on the space station and play that game. But that was a. This is back when uh, gaming. <clears throat> it's obviously very different oh. then than it is now because back then console mm-hmm. gaming was obviously. I mean, by the time we got to 1995, console gaming had had gotten um, um, bigger. It was bigger than PC gaming probably oh. at the time. So, so you kind of wonder. Yeah. So if it that started off way bigger than PC gaming. Honestly, Windows 95 no. was probably the the push that's where where. Uh, 
PC gaming because PCs weren't made to be gaming machines and they weren't right. really prepared for it. At that time, you had to have specialized machines. Uh, Windows 90, the era of Windows 95 was right around the time when you no longer had to have specialized machines. Windows 95 and 98. Uh, probably 95 was, was, was then. Um, uh, and so, like, uh, we had, at that same time, we had a Sega Genesis. And it was made, and it had better games than you had for uh, at the, for uh, Windows 3 um, uh, and all that. Uh, because it just, it, like, you know, it, it took until around that, around that time for the PC to catch up. But boy, once it caught up, it caught up. <laughs> Yeah, and that was the thing. That was the push. Uh, there's really, I, I just recently watched. There's a really, really good um, documentary that's just about the um, evolution, creation, whatever of video games mm -hmm. um, from the start. Uh, it's on Netflix, and I wish I could remember what it's called right now because everyone should go watch it if you if you like video games at all. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a fantastic, um, fantastic documentary, and it kind of shows the start of computer games. There's a big long section with Romero. Oh, cool. um, and obviously how mm -hmm. how Doom started, mm -hmm. um, and how he made the worst game of all time. <laughs> Which was and that? Then just kind of, huh? Which one was that? Daikatana. Oh, oh, oh I forgot about that game. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Okay, yeah, but let's um, talk about let's talk about how uh, John Romero was probably. I almost said George Romero. John Romero <laughs> was probably. The most brilliant, most creative, and most ingenious uh, um, uh, um, programmer of all time. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't think people, most people really understand how groundbreaking <clears throat> Doom was. Um, I mean, if you were alive at the time, you'd be like, wow, this looks way different. But I mean, like, if you actually look about like what mm -hmm. they had to do to make Doom work, how Doom actually works, mm -hmm. um, and then what they did to get it there. He he's an absolute unstable genius. Mm -hmm. do, do so for anyone who doesn't know the original Doom game, uh, is literally a two D game that tricks you into thinking it's three D. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. <clears throat> like they didn't actually make three D until Wolfenstein three D. Yeah, it, it's mind-blowing. That's the reason why it's so funny, is if you play Wolfenstein 3D and Doom next to each other, uh, very few people are going to go, holy cow, look at the shocking difference in the graphics between these two games. Mm -hmm. But one is 2D and one is 3D. And mm -hmm. they're, they're the Doom team, ID, whatever, geniuses, absolute geniuses. And you think about how they're making this game, like, in a room by themselves, obviously a dark room because it was Doom, and mm -hmm. it's just... They're 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 incredible. Um, mm -hmm. they're this that's where I, I, that's where you think about the the real turn of it turning into a PC master race for gaming. Uh, that was that was like a point you can you you can point to that point and be like that's one of the most pivotal moments mm -hmm. in my opinion. Okay, also let's talk <laughs> about how Doom was so good that once it was okay. finished, um, uh, the rest of the the ID team couldn't get. Uh, Romero to work on any other games because he kept locking himself in his office and playing Doom. <laughs> yeah. And why wouldn't you? Uh, this this is a true story. One of the other guys, um, or maybe may, maybe it wasn't Romero who did that. Maybe Romero is the one who broke in. Um, uh, but someone locked themselves in their office just to play Doom when they should have been working, 
and they could not get him out to the point that one of the other guys took a literal, it wasn't an actual real one, it was a wall hanger, but we'll call it a literal real one, a literal battle axe and chopped his door down with an axe to drag him out of his, his office to go to work. <laughs> That's absolutely phenomenal. And it's only the id team that would have done that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, like, only the id team would have had someone who would have done that and only the id team would have broken his door down with an axe to get to him. <laughs> That's when we were all like, yeah, man, it's a Thursday. That's how we do. Uh, but we are digressing. Yeah, we're digressing, but we... Okay, do you want to... Okay, so here, here's, the, here's the kicker. We're running about 10 minutes shy of how we normally go. I have another thing that I, we could talk about, but who knows how long we'll go if I start talking about Yendor. Should we should we make it ten minutes short, or should we make it who knows how long, and talk about Yendor? I'm gonna let you decide that because mm -hmm. you're gonna be I'm talking about Endorian Tales. Um, okay. I played Endorian Tales. I did not devote a chunk of my life to Endorian Tales. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you did. I never beat it. Um. Huh? I never beat it. Well, yeah, neither did I. Mm -hmm. Um, do well, do we want to do we want to just gloss over a few more old school computer games? Like, you just want to like briefly touch on the concept of instead of going to a story or anything, want to briefly touch on like the development of those the, that same type of thing, saying Gindor, and then maybe like talk we hit we get hit a good platform or mention Commander Keen. Mm, let's let's do Commander Keen. I think we'll talk for less time about Commander Keen. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, Goodbye Galaxy, um, uh, let's see, Goodbye Galaxy, the, the Commander King song of Goodbye, five, four, 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 well, Goodbye Galaxy was a series that took up three or four games, um, the first in the series, or maybe the second, I don't remember, I think it's the first, uh, was uh, Aliens Ate My Babysitter. Uh, I think that was the first one in, in that in that series. Um, and that's the one that we had on the demo disc and we played so much of. Um, uh, and... Four was... It was... Hold on. Mm -hmm. Secret of the Oracle? Oh, yeah, that's right. Aliens at My Babysitter is after the Secret of the Oracle. Secret of the Oracle is the one that... Um, uh, uh, or it's something. I think it's secret. It's something about the Oracle. Yeah, Aliens Ate My Babysitter is number five. Yeah, uh, number. But it's four, five, and six were the um uh, were were the the Goodbye Galaxy saga. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, Secret of the Oracle uh, is the is the demo. That's right. Aliens Ate My Babysitter is the next episode. Commander Keen five Goodbye Galaxy episode two. Uh, was that one, and then episode six is the finale. It's a three-parter. Um, uh, didn't play too much of that. I did. We we beat <laughs> not not as often as as we would have liked. Not as many times as we would have liked. Did we beat um uh, uh freaking um uh four? Yeah, four. Um, uh, and I fact the only game we could get our mom to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used to be able. We used to get mom to play Raptor. Call the Shadows, uh, but then she, um, uh, 
she realized that, or I, I, I made a statement. I said, we, we shot, uh, she shot an airplane. And I said, yeah, kill that guy. I was probably four, three or four years old. And mom, and mom said, oh no, there was a guy flying that airplane, which technically there wasn't. If you look, if you read the, uh, the lore of the game, those are drones, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which makes it even funnier, which, which makes it even funnier. But mom goes, oh no, there was a guy in that plane and I blew it up and mom couldn't bring herself to play that game anymore. Because she thought she killed yeah. someone in a video game, and that's yeah. that's a legitimate true story. Oh, mom. <clears throat> well, fun fact: um, you can get. I'm not gonna act like I know this. Mm -hmm. Just from the top of my head, because I did check this out. We wanted to segue into Commander Keen because, technically speaking, that's a that's a mid game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It um, is. It's made. I'm uh, made by id, and uh, so. <laughs> id and apogee had a weird relationship right it was made created done by id but then apogee had it and made it and finished it but then id was supposed to have made it and then they got mad and didn't make it and they made something else and <laughs> there was a like commander keen is is kind is an id game also uh commander keen his name i forget his name but his last name is blaskovich which is the which that makes yeah which makes him a like the great 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 grandson of B.J. Blaskovitz of uh, Wolfenstein, which makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. That's who it would be. Yeah, and then um, uh, there's also uh, Doom Guy is also somehow like determined that he's a Blaskovitz, and like uh, which is weird now knowing that. Keen is now like somehow an ancestor of or uh is 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 an ancestor of or to um uh uh the Doom guy, which makes it really weird when you go into in Doom Two, you find a secret room and there's a bunch of Commander Keens and you get to kill them. Um uh, which they added that after the breakup of id and apogee after they had their falling out um uh, uh so they just had doom guy killing commander keen just as like an f you to apogee um uh, <laughs> which is beautiful mm -hmm. um uh, and yeah that's uh yeah so that's that, that's that's commander keen but yeah was, uh there's no need to go into the story of commander keen uh, it's there it no, exists there, there, there's no need to go into the story but there is worth mentioning this for I'm looking at this right now. Mm -hmm. For five dollars, mm -hmm. you can get Commander King Invasions of the Vorticons, which is episodes one, two, and three, mm -hmm. and Commander King and Good Girl Eye Galaxy, which is episodes four and five. This is five dollars. Now, for the record, so this is a side scroller. Mm -hmm. um, technically speaking, it's a side. It's one of. It, it, I don't think it's the first, but it's one of the first PC side-scrolling games. Mm -hmm. And when people always, like a lot of kids we, we knew that played games, played Mario. We didn't play Mario. This is our platformer. Commander King was our platformer. Um, it, this is absolutely a game that anyone who even remotely likes retro gaming should be playing. Uh, or should play at some point. It's fantastic. Uh, everything about it's fantastic. And, Sean, you might not know this. Um, maybe you do. There is a Commander Keen game in development that was announced in 2019. Really? 
I'm looking at it right now. I did not know. That's, that's... Oh, hold on, actually. I take that back. It was released in 2019. It was an <clears throat> Android or I and iOS game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here you go. The plot thins. <laughs> yep, right there. Keen Dreams Definitive Edition 2020. Released in 2020. Um, platforms. Microsoft Windows and Nintendo Switch. <clears throat> Well, I have a Switch, and I know what I'm doing here in an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'll, I'll get it for Windows. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff. That's very... I don't even think I'm going to like it. It looks very different, but I feel like... Uh, I want to see if it's on Steam. It's not. It's not? You just checked? Yeah, I, I searched it a second ago as I was doing this. I was going to try to act like I could talk about it, but... Well, no, I looked up Commander Keen. Let's see if Keen's Dream is on here. Sorry, everyone. We are officially diverting to our own devices. Um, oh, this this is the one you found on Steam. It's uh, episodes one, one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah, that's the only thing I can find. Well, anyways, go get that. If you play games on Steam, it's five dollars, and that's or for all five episodes. That's an awful lot of hours of entertainment for five bucks. Mm-hmm. If you if you hate retro gaming, if you only like modern <laughs> games, okay, you suck, but that's fine. If yeah. you have any care about them at all, then you know. They're pretty five dollars. Yeah, but not not sponsored. Not a sponsor. Yeah, and so I I have to say this. Uh, it probably was the first PC side scroller. Uh, it was released in 1990, and um uh, the other early game that I was thinking of that could have been a contender for it was um uh, the game. It we know it as Halloween Harry, but it was actually released as Alien Carnage. Mm. And that was 1993. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I discovered something. Um, last time I played I this mean. game, and it's gonna be you're going to be so upset to hear it. While you're swimming in the swimming levels, if you tap control, you have a burst of speed, and you can keep tapping to get a constant burst of speed. And when you do that, you can outrun the big doofus fish. Uh, it's so many stressful moments of my childhood that could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> but yeah, that's um, uh, that's all. That's all that that needs to be, all that needs to be said. Um. Uh, go go check all of these things out. Go look at all these things. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. If you're if you're not look going to find this on on YouTube, we have no way to link you to anything. So if you're just, you know listen to this on any kind of a podcast site just go look them up yeah i'm actually so yeah you guys really need to get into the discord get in the discord and i'll tell you why one of the games that we mentioned we didn't really talk about it it's honestly of all the games we talked about it's my favorite but we just didn't get the we just didn't talk about it because there wasn't much to talk about in there um uh but it's my favorite of all the games on this list and um uh Uh, And I'm going to drop this game into the Discord because it took me years to find it. Uh, A a full version, a full playable version of it. And so for that reason, I say you should, you should, um, uh, um, yeah, I I say that you should, um, uh, Sean's trying to do things while he's talking. This is what always happens. I am. Um, uh. Um, 
Yeah, you should you should absolutely get and play this game. It took me years and years and years to find the full version of this game for download uh, because you had to buy it from Webfoot and Webfoot no longer sells it. So it's impossible to buy. I would have paid full price for it if they would have let me, but they wouldn't. Uh, and so I had mm-hmm. to f- I had to search and search to find a place that had the full version for download. I just dropped it in the Discord. You guys got to go to the Discord and download it. Yandorian Tales 3 uh, Tyrants of Thane. I just dropped the zip file in there. You guys will also need DOSBox to run it. I'm not going to teach you how to run DOSBox. Figure it out. DOSBox is the greatest thing of all time, mm-hmm. for the record. But yeah, yeah. I, I actually I can confirm he I actually just now dropped it because I just watched it hit my Discord. Mm-hmm. So if you were in the Discord, you'd know that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as always, we will be linked in the Discord and the thing. Uh, we have talked on and on and on, but I think we're at a, pretty much exactly the hour mark, which is that means it's time for us to go. Bye. So so we're gonna go.